this is Bo here, and this is the first podcast of our Queens and Kings, where we dream and create our fairy kingdoms. And so what is a fairy kingdom, you may ask? Aha, uh-huh. well, it's a great question. And I would love to share with you my ideas on fairy kingdoms. I like the idea in the fairy tales of having a place where we live together in like harmony and joy, where everyone is celebrating life, where we are just everything is magic. And I think that's the type of world we need to seek and we need to have that world as our possibility and by having that as our possibility we can then make it happen right so we have to dream of the fairy kingdom these these places of that have been talked about of old i think like the arthurian uh, camelot was talked about in that way So the idea of a fairy kingdom really helps us with an aim. Let's build places where we thoroughly enjoy living in, where there is such a beautiful connection between the people who are living with you. You know, we're not just neighbors, we're we're family. I know everyone knows what I'm talking about. I feel like it's in our our beings of this knowing that there was a time that we did live in this uh, beautiful existence like I always say that we are in heaven earth is our heaven we just lost our way like there is a way that we can live together and create heaven on earth we have to ha- it has to be done in the right way you have to create a, a fairy kingdom and <coughs> there's a lot of examples that we can grab a lot of learnings f- that we can grab from the past different civilizations of how it was how they did it like how did they build a system where there was complete utmost respect for each each person that was living it in those um, cities or villages like how did that how did how was that attained because it was there is such a, there's a reason why fantasy is fairy kingdoms they're telling us something you hear the Tibetan story of Shambhala which is a, a place of uh, celebration of beauty of highly evolved beings that are living all in uh, together now it's only available to other similar type of beings otherwise it's invisible right this is telling us that these these civilizations or societies are possible and i feel that we can by bringing just light you know kindness trustworthiness freedom by bringing all these important pillars together we can create these places Uh, 
you know, there was a prophet called Zoroastra, and he was the main prophet for Zoroastrianism, which was like a four or five thousand year old religion. It really is the big, the uh, pre uh, religions that we're aware of, like Christianity, Muslim, and uh, Hebrew. Like this, these three sort of stem from the Zoroastrianism, but there, his main premise, uh, precept, or was good thoughts, good words, and good deeds. <coughs> now, if we just solely practice those three steps when we're living in a town or a city or a village or a, in a small community and if everyone followed those precepts you would find harmony in the group like that so the Zoroastrianism was a, a religion that was used for building cities there was some tenants that really helped with building these places, these Shambhalas. So, because I, I believe, like, if you look at the Babylonians, like, the, our history that we received is a little bit tainted, I believe, and I don't think they were as bad people as we're told. I think they had created an amazing culture, and there's a great example of that. It's from the, the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. Like, they tell of a society that is culturally and spiritually evolved because if they want to start building beautiful places to enjoy their experience rather than always in a, a state of war and prisoning people because they're doing the wrong thing rather than that you're in a state of a civilization that is flowering and then they build beautiful things people are busy creating like I believe that that was the truth of the Babylonians and I hope we can start to reinterpret our history so we can you almost have to go back to history and look at them from a, a positive light like a, a highly advanced culture and used what they had to create wonders and the people their people were happy and I've been, yeah, been fascinated with these different cultures and there's examples of these amazing cultures pop up. But ultimately they fail, right? That is also a story in history. And so we can learn how, why did they fail? Why did the Roman Empire fail? Like we can learn these lessons. So we build our society to prevent those lessons happening again and ultimately I feel like the, the dark energies of fear greed you know jealousy gluttony all those all these fears fear type mindset you know not trusting each other all these fear type mindsets eventually get into any civilization and then it slowly starts to fail because if if we stop 
trusting one another that's your civilization your kingdom your community will fail it might be a slow fail because you can fight it for a while but eventually it will fail it has to be your kingdom needs to be based on love and trust freedom kindness all these higher vibrations that's how it has to be otherwise it will fail that's the natural state of things and you could say that the because on earth right now we have a whole many many countries but they're all got borders that we can't leave unless there's some you know it's a bit of a challenge but you can but it's not quite so free flow and I would have thought that natural state of a kingdom or a country if you had open borders everyone then there'd be natural flow of migration so a kingdom or a country that had beautiful policies looked after their people there was like abundance everywhere you're going to get more people coming to that country if you had free borders open borders if you have closed borders the people who are unhappy can't leave and the people who are unhappy will then probably do things that aren't good because they're unhappy like then you need a prison system it's just like but if you allow that free flow between and this this is the thing it can be scaled from a country down to villages so this is part of this building this new earth society kingdom village is that you have to have freedom of travel between each village and that allows for people to be those gypsies they can gypsy around and get different experiences different meet different people learn different skills it and eventually they will find their tribe so yeah so this is very important and i think if if the earth right now had open borders everyone would move where they needed to move obviously we're a lot less mobile than maybe in the past with a lot of people like you look at the mongols you know they had uh houses that were easily movable which would have been pretty cool imagine in the uh, the Mongol Empire because they they had the one of the, the biggest empire of all time at one point but could you imagine all the different cities and the uh, different communities of under that whole empire if you think about it if Genghis was the one who united all that but he was also very open to uh, different people's cultures so he didn't squash down and say this is what I want you to believe he said do whatever you want just follow me do what I say when I need your help uh, and we will have a beautiful relationship to each other and he was a very cultural man so he was th a, uh, a big proponent of the you know the arts of the world so I remember a story of him he had to invade China for one reason or another but when he he took all the engineers and the artisans back with him to Mongolia 
he wanted the technology, the the people who knew how to build buildings and uh, do all sorts of things that they did at that time because he wanted that wisdom and knowledge to learn for his own culture. But yeah, could you imagine that being a Mongol with your yurt and you wanted to go to the frontier lands, become a warrior? (laughs) So he could just pack up and leave or just get on your horse and go and explore the whole the whole of the uh what the empire that would be amazing yeah so this is i see this as how we we structure like sustainable villages eventually as you have different villages sort of scattered around a certain area and and we all work together we all develop and create different products and we trade between ourselves and it's all around creating these sustainable villages and so how do you (coughs) how does one village produce everything that it needs that is difficult so you I would imagine having more and more sustainable villages around that all specialize in different tasks and maybe there is a a sustainable village that has uh, the latest technology and circuit boards and they actually have a tech center there like they're they're producing for the area like tech equipment that's needed to be sustainable like the technology now is has got so small and compact and very versatile like 3d printers are amazing now like you get some of that high-end tech latest technology and you put them into these sustainable villages they can create all sorts of things so we we really are at a like a perfect point in time because we've got starlink now so we can we can access internet from anywhere in the world really so we you can build these sustainable villages anywhere in the desert if you like because you have access to the internet which is always in this world we need to have it we need to be able to communicate with the outside world we need to be able to see what's going on we need to be able to connect with other like-minded souls so it's it's an essential component of a sustainable village that allows people to live here who have jobs or they do their work their healing their their passions online so it allows them to to live in a, a beautiful community but still interact with the world so yes starlink is is a godsend that's arrived just at the right time i believe <coughs> How's my podcast going? <laughs> I love to talk. So, who who am I? That's this is a good one to start with the podcast because the first podcast and why why is it where we called ourselves Queens and Kings, and why am I doing a podcast? All good questions. I'll start with who I am. My name's Bo. My given name was Brett by my mother, but actually my given name was Tim. My mum named me Tim. And the story goes that in the paper, 
my my dad and his my mum's family changed my name to Brett and put it in the paper and then mum was like, Oh, oh well, it's too late now which I don't know, is a very nice story <laughs> for my mum. But it, uh, so I was Tim, Brett, and now I'm Bo. And I changed my name to Bo for a whole heap of reasons. But when you change your name, you want it to be the right name. So yeah, I, I found Bo. It, it came to me, and I love it. And I'm, I am now Bo. I'm no longer Brett, right? That's that's an interesting thing that I could talk about is the the idea of how we evolve and how we change. And when we change, like I feel that we change every day. Like this, we we change every day. We actually um, every day, every new thought, every realization, every just all the little snippets of wisdom that we get each day means that we are always changing and always growing and maybe we have a, a tough day and that just makes us stronger for the next day we're always growing and changing and this is something that I, I have a problem with with uh, people holding on to different old images of me so old images that five years ago I am not who I am now. Like, it, my there has been so much uh, experience and growth. So today I'm different to who I was yesterday, and I really hope that people they start to wipe their ideas of what who people are and give and be open to who they are now. And sometimes you have to drop your understanding of who that old person was to give them space to show you who they who they are now. So really, every person, everyone, even the, your closest friend, will change every day, and you just need to appreciate and grow with the changes that occur. I am now Bo. I'm learning who Bo is, but I love who Bo is, and I have many visions of just growing community. I somehow, amazingly, fortunately, like got into this world with building community, and it's been the most amazing experience of my life. Like the the the, the, the amount of learning, just being around amazing beautiful people has taught me so much so much learning so many so many cool things and so many experiences that I would never uh, change hello <laughs> so community is for me the way forward and I've Maybe it's my engineering background. So I was an engineer in the oil and gas industry for 18 years, like my whole career. And I was fortunate enough, I worked on the oil rigs. I was like in a supervisory sort of engineering role and got to be around like all the, the bosses on the rigs actually. Like all I used to sit in their office and 
just be involved in the daily operations and the the morning calls and it was a really beneficial experience for me i learned so much got to meet some amazingly intelligent and quick quick thinking people who were also funny and knew how to have a good time so yeah it was a great experience much much wisdom gained and and just it was fun it was fun it's fun going away and sitting on an oil rig and living that life for a while but eventually for me it, my heart was no longer in it I, I guess I learned as much as I could learn and it was time to <coughs> get down here and make a community happen and originally it was for a originally it was for I'm not sure if you can hear me really well hello okay yeah so originally it was to be have a yoga retreat center so i was i did yoga in my 30s 35 to 45 maybe did bikram yoga and three times a, no a week just loved it it was amazing and it really transformed who i am my body and my mind taught me how to breathe so it was a really fun experience and that and so that went into what we wanted to do on the on the farm was build uh, have spaces for yoga retreats uh, and all sorts of activities that were involved around healing healing modalities so bringing people together for ecstatic dance or so yeah it and then it evolved into building a community where we all live together and we become like family and that journey's been amazing because have learnt as living the community, more and more learnings come up, more and more understandings and more the dream just gets bigger and bigger. So it's been an amazing journey. Amazing. And now I'm just at this point where I need to uh, the the property's on the market and there's a few factors for that. My ex uh she didn't want to come on this journey any further Sh there was a few issues with the council and this a long story which I'll talk about in another podcast but yeah so we need to sell the property because we need to pay her half out so and then I've had some fines from the council and I've got debts that I have to pay and it's like okay so I don't have the money to be able to buy her out at this moment <coughs> anyway so that's where we're at and I've set up, we're just cleaning up the farm at the moment. Going to make it looking spotless. So we, the dream is to find a buyer who has the same dream and vision, is to build a sustainable community. And the southwest down here is, <coughs> to me, one of the most perfect places in the world to do it. It's There's nothing more perfect about it, actually. It's in the most beautiful location. So much nature around. We don't even have airplanes fly overhead. There's no flight path here. Uh, maybe see a small f plane fly by and a helicopter once in a while. Like that, to me, is just magic. You don't get distracted by planes flying over. But yeah, the, the, the magic of the area is also very special. Like this, this southwest tip from Augusta to Dunsborough broke off from India uh, when the two continents passed each other, how many 
millions and millions of years ago. So this this rock structure that we're on here is from India. And I heard somewhere that the, the rocks are now in Bhutan is where it snapped off from. Like, get your brains around that one. But yeah, it's the, the energy here is very magical. It's a, it's a magical energy. Dragon energy. Look at most one of the most beautiful beaches in the whole world, which I go for a run at each night, do some meditation, and uh, just it's it's good to get. I'm in here, I'm here all day, and then go there at night. It's a good uh, breaking of energy and re-empowering myself with a run. Totally magical. I highly recommend everyone do it. Ah, uh, so yeah, so me is I'm 49. I feel the best, the fittest I've ever been. I've been on my spiritual path for a long time, mm, since my sister passed away when she was 17 and I was 19, and it all happened very suddenly, and it was like a big wake up, poof, woke me up, woke me up. It just scared the shit out of me, and. It I was just afraid to sleep. Like I was afraid. I didn't never thought of death before. So yeah, that's. I started to read the Bible, and I was like, cause I just read it every night, like uh, before bed. And I carried this Bible around with me until it was just shreds. But that was my way that I worked through my sister's death. So yeah, that was the start of my spiritual seeking. And since then, I've just been a mad. That's all I want to do. <laughs> I've got all I want to do is learn and uh, learn from masters. And there's so much amazing content now. We're just so lucky with YouTube and the internet that everything's accessible. And I learn a lot. There's on Audible, the Osho. There's hours and hours and hours of his talks his Dharma talks when he was in India, like the early on days, amazing, amazing, the enlightened wisdom that can really help on, on your path. It helped me immensely. Uh, he's, he's, they called him the, the master of masters because he was, he was a college professor. He was educated. He read thousands of books. So he, then he attained enlightenment and then he was able to share his knowledge and wisdom and his interpretations of like older masters works <coughs> so he talks about the buddha he talks about uh who else all these different like jesus he talks about Tao uh, Tzu. lots of zen heaps of talking about zen but yeah he, he talks through all the uh, the majority of the religions and he does it from a a very he has a huge word uh, library and he speaks as if he's like chanting poetry. He's a, he was a magnificent man and there's a lot of really great information there that I would highly recommend you um, look into. So yeah, so I've been on this spiritual journey and I've I've found lots of amazing wisdom and I've been working through my traumas and my past, and I feel that I'm getting pretty close to my to being to have been cleared from those traumas. But you just never know when things are going to come up, right? That's the beauty of life. 
been seeing where you're going to get triggered. What's why did I get triggered? What what triggered me? And then delving into that, <coughs> and that's some on a spiritual quest, but of more so on this quest of being my best person, which is a spiritual quest, really. And yeah, there's just so much magic that I have to share with everybody. And a lot of it is revolving around building sustainable villages. This is my thing. This is what I'm going to create with the help of all of you. And we're going to have a freaking good time doing it. Because this, we're ready now. And we've got all everything we need. Everything. All the wisdom, all the knowledge. It's all on the internet. We've got all the tools. We've got, there's so much that we can utilize now. And we've got all these amazingly trained up people that have got all these skills that can all be brought together to create like this little fairy kingdom, right? Yeah, so this is what we're going to talk about on the podcast. I'm going to have guests and I'm going to travel the world talking to people that can dream fairy kingdoms with me and whoever wants to join me so it, yeah it's it's a magical ride i've been on an amazing ride so far because i've been looking into history in a in a, in a deep way to understand <coughs> what what the ancients used for their societies so how did they structure their societies and what was this what what made the fairy kingdom how did they get the fairy kingdom and i feel we can talk about the ancient egyptians been looking into these guys recently and i feel that the fairy kingdom was the essential uh goal of every kingdom they all knew it was possible but they needed to have the right conditions to make it happen and that's where that's where you start to get into uh how how was it structured? How was... And since the dawn of time, we have had kings and queens. The Sumerians have all their kings and queens. Babylonians. The Israelites. The every Everyone has a leader or leaders. And it's only been since maybe 1700... I think they called it the Glorious Revolution, that democracy started coming in more. Now, I don't, I need to look more into Roman, the Roman system, but I feel that they also had emperors. They had a, a, a figurehead. Like now, the last couple of hundred years, we've gone, uh, we've given, taken all the power away from kings and queens. In almost every country of the world, there's still a few that exists uh, like Thailand the king still has ultimate rule but he stays out of it but if there is a coup or something the king will step in and and he has done a great job he's he's uh, he's actually helped save the country from destruction because he was able to the two warring pa factions he he brought them together and allowed them to come to a um, solution so yeah the 
the kings and queens of the uh, past were the way. Now, we've since then thought we had a better system, which is democracy, right? Democracy where every, every person gets a vote. And I think that's actually fair, right? That does it. That's that's what we all signed up for. It's like uh, everyone should have a say. Everyone should have a vote. But the problem with the system, it seems, is that we're voting in. We're only limit. We're very limited to who we get to vote in. Usually, it's only two people that have a chance, and they're opposing parties. So it really restricts the type of person that we really want to be elected. And I often wonder now how, if to become one of those politicians, just what type of person do you have to be? Because I feel you need to be quite a bit of a power broker. You're playing the games of power to get to become a politician, which then means when you're in power, you have the wrong attributes for a leader. So the system, the democratic system, and all its little offshoots seems to have some flaws that we're not electing the right people. And another problem is that we it's very short-term. So you have uh, four-year terms, so those four-year terms means that we have short-term planning. We don't we don't think for the future, and a lot of policies and a lot of building projects and a lot of benefits to our society need to be planned over long term. I would say, and it also means that the leaders are not thinking long term they're thinking short term and after the three years they start thinking of re-election but maybe the through their whole term they're thinking of re-election which means they don't follow or create policies that may be more worthwhile for us but it's gonna get them re-elected so they're more likely to follow a different policy that doesn't necessarily benefit us all and I think we see that over and over. <coughs> and now now it's to the point where our leaders, it seems like they're the, they're the same. We have two options, swaps between the two, but really we're just getting the same thing. So that creates a lot of uh, disinterest in the whole process. So yeah, so looking into the, that's why the podcast is called Queens and Kings, because I feel like that is the system, believe it or not. And I feel that like the Book of the Dead, the Egyptian Book of the Dead, is not about weighing the hearts of the dead. It's about weighing the hearts of the potential kings and queens. Because one thing that we have been programmed to not consider is that you can have good kings and queens you can have a king who 
has the attributes of Jesus, who is in power with the intention to like reign heaven on earth, right? To create a fairy kingdom. It's like you can have these rulers and they have existed. Look at the deeds of Solomon. You know, they it's a little bit twisted towards the end, but who knows what happened. Maybe power did get to him because he was gifted by God and he achieved greatness in his kingdom. But yeah, he fell by the looks of it. But that something got to him, I guess. I don't know. But <coughs> there was a time when Solomon, the songs of Solomon, the joy, the, the, the celebration that existed through the whole kingdom was a thing because he was gifted by God because he had a, a light as a feather heart right his he had his heart had been weighed and he it was less or equal to a feather meaning that he was a, a kind loving jesus like king and i believe that the egyptians put a huge amount of priority on selecting and breeding the kings and queens because you don't want to put a bad king in power. Because what happens when you get a bad king in power? The whole kingdom turns bad. It all filters down. Shit flows downhill, I've heard the term. And so you have to start at the top, the most important place, which is the king and the queen. Now... I believe that the Egyptians were telling us how we get those kings and queens. It's got nothing to do with uh, the dead. They believed in reincarnation. If they believe in reincarnation, then it's just you die, you go t to heaven, which is just that nothingness place where you're one with everything. It's a time of rest. And then you come back and you keep keep on this journey. Like that's what they believe. Like what they don't need any of this weighing of the heart. You fucking just rock up. However you did the life before, you'll get a a life that you would need to learn certain lessons. It just happens. You don't have to be weighed and if you if you were a bad man in this life, then you might come back as a dog in the next life just happens that way uh this is my thoughts open to suggestions and changes not saying i know it all interestingly bo means in italian bo they say bo bo means i don't know and that's what i'm trying to hold in my being that we really none of us really know anything so let's uh Let's realize that. And so I like to say this is my understanding, but it doesn't mean that it's actually true. And I would encourage everyone to not believe anything I say, just take it with a, a pinch of salt, but be open and considerate to it. And that way 
we can all be heard and we can all learn together. Yeah. And that, that that's a beautiful thing of community is being able to share uh, stories and you get to talk with each other. And that's a magical part of coming together with like-minded souls. Wow. That was a lot of talking. So yeah, that's there's a whole story behind me. I've lived an amazing life and had many, many experiences. Uh, it's been super magical and <laughs> wouldn't change it for the world. Uh, and now I've got lots to share with you guys. So I'm looking, really looking forward to this. I've got a nice little s podcast studio set up here in the middle of the farm in, in the middle of a paddock <laughs> by by the ocean a big forest a river and yeah it's a magic place kangaroos around <laughs> <coughs> so yeah i'm as happy as a pig in shit they say I've, uh, my little podcast studio it's just sort of happened and been created like this and it's really nice it's a great space so I'll see you on podcast and I'll see you on TikTok and YouTube and whatever uh, other platforms we we discover going forwards. Yeah, I've got lots to say and community is the way we do it. That's it's the only way I feel that we can really make changes. We sh we build a sustainable village that maybe i was trying to i was thinking about numbers so what what's the number that we want to be looking at for a sustainable village and i've really been shown the significance of 12 in the universe like 12 is everywhere 12 disciples uh there's 12 stars on the eu flag <laughs> there's 12 hours there's 12 uh what else? There's if when you start to think about it, there's twelve in everything, and uh, it feels like it. The there used to be a twelve numbering system that the Babylonians used, and the beautiful thing about twelve is if you a twelve number system, and they used to do it like this. They would go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. That's how they counted, just by doing this. And then I think they use this hand, that's 112, 212, 312s. Love it, eh? But the beauty of 12 is a third of 12 is 4, right? So, 4, 4, 4, 4, yeah. So a third. But if you do a third of 10, you get 3.33. It doesn't work. And so it's a problem with the, uh, especially when you're trading in goods third causes disturbance it's not natural where 12 is the perfect one number so the the uh i was gonna go with 1200 people that's the number i that has come to me willing to discuss i've 
been looking into the past and the tribal groups that uh, were formed, like with the North American Indians and the North Indians on the Indian subcontinent, and Afghanistan, all these guys, that these tribal, even the Mongols, but it's very hard to f- know the numbers of what were the sizes of these groups and how did they structure their their little societies because they had thousands of years to to uh, practice and to fine-tune how the best system and you could imagine that the best system would defeat a system that didn't work so well so one tribe would uh, conquer the other tribe and so over time the tribes became more and more efficient at being a homogenous tribe a harmonious tribe so we can find a lot of information from that from these guys on how they structured their tribes but we uh, still need to know what size of their tribes were and uh, there's honestly no information that I can find not much at all but the general gist is that they had tribes and I'm going with 1200 because there's another factor that I've realized that the tribes did in the past. And it goes for the reason that humans are all different. And we've all got different characteristics. We've all got different interests. We've all got different passions. We're all different. So we need to, we can't all live together. This was a learning from at being at Mindful Earth. So we can't all live together. The farmers don't want to party with the entertainers every night of the week, but they may want to party one night a week, right? It's so you've got to have different clans, and we have all heard of clans, but we have twelve clans, and those twelve clans each have unique characteristics. So the one clan is the they grow the wheat and they grow the all the the crops or maybe the and they and then there's an equestrian clan that does the horses and and then it, you could go back to the zodiac twelve zodiacs twelve types of people twelve groups and you could even say that the zodiac is telling us what how do we split those groups up right you've got uh, builders. You've got the warriors, different types of warriors, maybe the archers, and then you've got the knights, and and then you've got the administration, the, the priests, and then you've got the kings and queens, and then you've got uh, the sheep herders or the cattle clan. Then you've got the the weapons makers, and then you've got the so you've got all these like so when I say weapons makers, it's just all the farm tools or like this is what they're telling us from the zodiac it's like 12 zodiacs sp- 12 clans and with those 12 clans you can then people can move between the clans so they all specialize in certain things they I don't they're not very far away they're a bike ride a distance and you're on a farm so you've got 12 clans around a central space which is the the central area celebration and and bringing people together and that's where you do uh, activities that bring 
helping people connect with nature, but also just for people to in the clans to get to know one another. And because the thing that I haven't seen mentioned is that for a clan or a community, doesn't no matter what size, a city to function at its best efficiency, you have to have uh, people who are highly conscious. People who are f- overflowing with love and joy and bliss and creativity. Like if every one of your members of your clan or tribe or village is overflowing with love, then the whole tribe will just shine in every way. You will be harder to defeat because those people are so confident in themselves that they they become they're warriors nothing can destroy them they they have knowledge and wisdom so the natural evolution of a tribe is to attain higher and higher levels for their for their community for their people so you've got to have all these healing spaces in the tribe you've you've got to be the aim of the tribe is to build consciousness, to remove trauma, to find joy and bliss and love and community and connection with each other. And then the tribe will flourish. If I've seen it here, if if you get the energy, the wrong, the, like people coming down, bringing the energy down because they haven't healed, it brings the whole place down. So it's in the best interest to have healing modalities modalities that connect and I would say that's why the North American there's many ceremonies look at the Balinese they've got a a festival or ceremony every two weeks it keeps the people in a state of uh, expanding their consciousness because that's what you need for your village to flourish the most Yeah, so 12 clans, one tribe, all around a central space. But then we have a lot of uh, creative arts and creative... So you've got to have clans that specialize in woodworking and metalwork and, you know, the real creators. Artwork, like you have different clans, but you've work you work it out so those 12 have got the right uh, seasonings for each clan and and that will be something that we need to work out and that that's what proposing is doing the a demonstration project down here where we we get 1200 people and bring them together into a village like an eco sustainable village just like the eco village in Witchcliffe luckily there's one just up the road and that's a different model so it's really cool we have a, a different eco-village model right next to us and we have the ability to do create a model that we can show the world a different model and it's based on how we were running mindful earth here and i guess everyone would be asking the question well who's gonna who's who's ruling it who's leading it and this is the hard bit for me to say it's like well i'm gonna i am the king i'll be the king and i will make this place shine right this is this is where it's hard for me to say that but i feel that 
uh, somebody has to do it. Someone has to show this and show how kings and queens of the past worked. It's, yeah, I feel, s <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, someone has to do it. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to show you how it's done. And we have so many potentials for taking this onto the world stage. 1,200 people, 100 people in each clan, and we utilize all the latest technologies. We get some partnerships with different companies that can who want to get involved with building sustainable villages. You know, they, they build equipment that is interchangeable. Like, you know, just thinking like hand tools, you know, you have all these battery-powered hand tools that are interchangeable. Maybe you can interchange the, the motors. Easily repairable. And, like, you s we start developing tooling for the sustainable village. Like, what we're going to need power packs, remote power operating systems. Like, we want to be off-grid, but we want to utilize uh, wind and solar and every other storage mechanism. Yeah, there's like storage mechanisms, there's uh, power systems, there's gas generators making our own cooking gas, uh, water filtration. It's then we start implementing uh, different business like building techniques, so we can use bamboo. Like we'd use all these different techniques, all these modern techniques, but then our ancient building techniques to build like real magical buildings. Magical buildings that people walk in and go, wow, well that's amazing. I think of it as like the old, uh, you know, the old mosques. Some of the old mosques are just so beautiful. It's like that's, that's what we need to be building and we can build them uh, using help from countries, uh, countries or, or c companies that want to get involved because this is the future. I really believe that we need to reset, as in come back together again, like reset our society and, and start it again on in small groups where we get the mix right again, where we, we do love each other, where we do support each other, where we do rely on each other as well. And we're okay to ask for help and we're always good words, good thoughts, good deeds, right? We start again and then we expand. But these sustainable communities are the, wa the way we do it. We build a sustainable community, 1,200 people, 12 clans, all creating that self-sufficiency as well as creating healing spaces. So some of these clans, because you want to heal the people in your community, but you also want to heal the people around your community and you want to heal the people from all over the world. So you become these center hubs of, of healing, which is totally amazing. You help build consciousness on the planet. And then as you get the model right, the demonstration model right, through trial and error, you then cookie cutter them all over the world. And you use the people that built the first one to help build the others. So it becomes a lifelong passion for people, building 
sustainable villages all over the world. Because it's not a just about the infrastructure. That, I think, we can really utilize to make our living experience on this planet way more amazing. Like, we can use technology. We can have great sound systems to dance to. We can use, yeah, the latest, the latest stuff. Because there's abundance. There's abundance. <coughs> oh, that's a lot of talking. But this is good. This is I've had to do this. I've been stalling on making a podcast. Like I've got all my stuff ready. This is the first one, so you know it's always that first hurdle to get get the first one done. And I hope that you can hear me well because the sound seems to be a little dodgy. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's been an amazing journey to this point, and I'm so excited for the journey into the future amazing things are happening crazy things are happening but it all means that we're coming together and this to me is the path forward this is the path where we change things and that all is around our the structure of the society that we live in you can't you can't get what you want to achieve done without changing the society for it the better and and it's only from a loving space this is the thing it's not it's not changing really too much from what our the original model of our own society is like the west and the the constitution and it's all around belief in being good being like jesus like being a good citizen that is what we have to reconnect with because at the moment we are we don't trust each other we have to lock our doors we have to take the keys out of our cars like could you imagine a place where you knew no one was going to steal from you like that's what we should be aiming for where people help you rather than hinder you that's why i say we need to start again and yeah, down here in the southwest, the most perfect spot. And then we got way more plans. Way more, way more. Like to talk about the what we actually build in the sustainable community and how we structure it. Like there will be a school and there'll be a, a clan for families and children. And then there'll be a clan for the elderly. Like or maybe there won't be a clan just for the elderly. Maybe it's just the elderly are filtered through the clans because that's where they want to be and they're accepted and their their wisdom is uh, respected and they're respected. So we can... It's This is for everybody and that's the beautiful thing about 12 clans is you have a space for everybody. It's always been a... something that I've thrown around been a bit a bit difficult to find a solution mm. like you have to accommodate for everybody you can't choose who can come and who can't go like if if everyone's light if they're coming from a place of light 
and they want to change the world and they want to they want to reconnect and they want to heal themselves and they are light then they should all be welcome and they might be a from a totally different culture or tribe than you you know like different expectation different everything but they will find their little clan Everyone has their clan and, and it will evolve, they'll evolve into beautiful little spaces. And then we have, this is where you have the celebration, you, you, you have the, f the ceremonies and the events that bring all the 12 clans together. The clans have their own little gatherings, but then you have, anyone can go to a gathering. Say the musicians are having a party on a Friday night, everyone from the other clans is welcome. But the beautiful thing is, is the the farmer, the farmers can stay a well away from the the music in their own clan where they stay. But if they choose to come along for the night, they can leave when they want. No one's going to keep them up. You know, this is this is where the harmony starts to balance itself out. It becomes harmonious because you're following natural law. There's just this free flow of movement. And the other important thing to we experimented with at Mindful was the the idea of freedom and not having too many laws, like not having rules, basically. Because my belief is that all humans are have a good heart. Well, the ones that we that will stay at Mindful will have a good heart, right? So. They don't need rules. They don't need laws. They know what's right and wrong. And when you instill trust in the people around you, and you trust them, that trust filters out down as well. And this is the idea. You have the right person in charge, then the right energy gets spread down. And, yeah, so we, so we make that happen. And there's lots for us to learn as to how we do it but I'm happy to help out for the moment and because this is a vision that I see must happen um. well this has been fun I think it's like an hour and four so I told you a bit about myself about it about the dream building a demonstration project and getting businesses on involved that want to help build these sustainable villages because the ones that we get involved y you think about the learnings that we're going to have and how how you can help with building buildings and design and uh, all the infrastructure like you think about you're going to need tooling for sewing machines and all the materials for for making you our own clothes like that's a that's a lot of equipment that we can help with design and because you want to make these things bulletproof that they last a hundred years like this is a new designing method we're designing for the long term the long haul we want this equipment to last we want it to be interchangeable wanted to be able to use electricity so yeah this 
it's a it's a really cool uh, design puzzle that we have to bring together. Yeah, so much to do and so much to learn and so much to mold into a a sustainable village that just fl- like flowers. We've got harmony between all the occupants and you have systems if there's disharmony. Yeah, okay, I agree. Everyone, there's always disharmony. And there's always tragedy and there's always like, there's always things that life will get in the way. But we need to, we'll have ways to deal with these things where we can support our fellow brethren through difficult times. And we can help them heal and we can help them grow. This is uh, what I see the future, which is super fun, super amazing. And now is the time, they say. Anyway, much love. I'll be speaking to you soon.